So the 11 years of Node.js just passed, which 11 years, eh, you know, like not a big milestone, but you know what else is coming up? 25 years of JavaScript, which means 80% of the people listening to this program weren't alive when JavaScript was, <laughs> <That's> was <right>. <laughs> made. <laughs> it also it also means JavaScript is finally old enough to be unemployed and not have yeah. a clear economic future. So. <laughs> Congratulations, JavaScript. Hey, are we all in Brooklyn today? I'm in Brooklyn today. I'm in Brooklyn. Welcome are back. You? I am. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a bit spooky, but I'm enjoying my... I came here for two days. My sons are in kindergarten and first grade, and it's kind of hitting them now that like we might not come back in September. And so they're having a lot of feels and some pretty deep cries. And so I, I agreed to come back here and hang for a little bit with my son who hadn't gotten a chance to visit recently. Oh, that's nice. They still can't see their friends. Like, it's just tough. Well, I don't even know if I should be admitting this on the show. Maybe we'll cut it. I'll have to ask my wife. But, you know, in in some ways, we are breaking a few little rules. We saw a family at a state park on Monday, Memorial Day, and we were, like, way outside, and we never went inside, and we, like, didn't let them wrestle. But we were all outside with no masks. No, uh, well, the no mask is tricky. I mean, we've been going to the. There are open lanes for bikes, and our kids have been yeah. going. They've been wearing their masks, but they see their friends. Yeah, I mean, we're easing back into a very limited social group and we're keeping it all outside and trying to like, nobody shares food, stuff like that. But I don't know. It's, it's like at a certain point, you I feel like you have to start to accept some risk. That's what a reopening is, is accepting a little risk, right? We're figuring it out. Anyway, we're, figuring we're it here out. for tech. So yeah, let's kick things off. The CEO of Magic Leap is going to leave. They got some more money, another $350 million on top of the $350 gajillion they've already raised. I think this might go down as the biggest, the biggest ever. I don't know. There's been some others. There was Color, I remember, was a really funny one. I don't think there's ever been a company that's raised billions of dollars pre-product and just just pooped out nothing. Pre-product is There's tricky. been a lot of those. Yeah, there have been, but not billions. There's been a handful. Yeah. There have been a lot. That- not billions, you're Web right. Van. Uh, the other one, <laughs> the other one that was amazing that nobody remembers was this thing called Boo.com. Um, Sarah, do you remember it at all? No, this sounds amazing. Do they jump out and scare you, or what happens? No, Boo.com was a fashion brand, and it was, or it was a, it was clothing retail, and they had a little animated avatar named Miss Boo, who was like really, really cool '90s fashion. Like, actually, Sarah, this aligns with a number of your interests. Um, Just like it's a particular aesthetic that you will crack up at, and it's also a complete (laughs) dot com disaster. So Miss Boo was really cool, and she would tell you about things to wear, and it was just like an absolute top to bottom boondoggle, and kind of famously so. And they put hundreds of millions into that, I think. But uh, it happens. Look, it happens. You know, I mean, magically, what it does like the elephant in the room, (laughs) like that. It'll it'll actually insert an elephant in your room. You, yeah, you wear, yeah, you wear a small refrigerator on your head, and then when you look <laughs> through it, it looks like there's a magical elephant dancing on your hand, except that was actually just a, a demo that they cooked up that didn't, that, that was not an actual product demo. That was like a simulated product demo. Okay, hot take, hot take. I think that AR is really exciting, but it's not going to work until the hardware is small enough for that no one can tell you're wearing it because all of it looks dumb. Yeah. 
There's rumors of Apple glasses too. That's that's coming. Ooh, do you think they would do a good job? What if they came in and did the good job like they did with the MP3 player on the smartphone? I mean, the thing is, the watch is really small. You could incorporate the watch into the glasses. Oh, yeah. And then the hardware and the glasses is so much smaller because it's using the processing. of. Like we just have that precedent, like for a really something that weighs, you know, less than an ounce, just kind of cranking, talking to your phone. So I could see that. I, I, I just like. I love to get excited about new technologies, frameworks, and platforms. You know, they're they're great. And uh, I've been excited about VR and AR for probably about 24 years now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the one that, same for me with blockchain. Like, I'm like, oh, well, I can see why people really, really love that stuff. But then I go to the store and I buy bread with, with my credit card. It turns out Boo.com was kind of early AR. You dragged your clothes onto a virtual 3D body and you could view it from whatever angle you wanted. Yeah, they tried to build everything. They had everything. Yes. They spent 135 million, which was in 90s dollars might be a lot, but it still doesn't even touch. No, it doesn't. I think Magic Leap has raised like Ah. 3 billion. We'll look it up. I mean, it's banana cakes. That is insane. I know. I know. Yeah, actually, in the 90s, we didn't have currency. We just exchanged pogs, is what they were (laughs) called. And so I was just paid in pogs at my first startup job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What was the one that was actually really good? It, it, It was like, called a dot-com bust and everybody made fun of it but now it's oh cosmo where they would like bring you a pack of gum if you ordered it and there was like no surcharge you could just like order a pack of gum and pets.com is another one right Right. like they were what they did is they said look there's no point i'm i've made some great predictions in my life they're totally pointless right like unless unless you are into a curve where people are able to actually take action you know so that's the thing like Yes, Cosmo totally made sense, but they didn't have that really right. efficient marketplace and the distribution and the right. understanding and the, the basic consumers that you have yeah, now. Yeah, so it says here, yeah. Boo.com, you know, was a, a, a great idea. Unfortunately, the homepage was several hundred kilobytes, which meant users had to wait minutes for it to load. It's true. It's for like a 56K modem. Like they just were a little too far in the future. Yeah. And they were, if I remember, a little full of themselves. Like it was yeah. a lot of marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it just was like, a, you know, it just did the thing. It's just whenever the, they get in there and they're like, well, we don't really have a product, but we need to promote it. it right. You start to get into that like bad sitcom situation where, where dad's coming home and you have to like get everybody out of the house and clean it up before <laughs> he finds out what you did. <laughs> But yeah, so we'll see what happens with Magic Leap. We wish them the best of luck. We don't want any technology to fail, and certainly some of their ideas about AR were cool. The the charismatic and supposedly brilliant inventor is going to stay through the transition and then step aside, and they're going to bring in a real professional CEO to manage the billions So they're going to keep investing. going just with someone new. Yeah, they got to, Roni Abramovitz has got to step aside, and they're going to keep going, and we'll see what happens. You know, there there is a Google Glass-like business to business function that's been going on for a while. Like it's a, AR is great in industrial applications. It, it's super good for telling you where the air, you know, the airplane parts are supposed to go. Right. And so to me, I, I feel like, you know, and, and nobody wants that. Everyone is just like, no, 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 no. I don't want to build. And I'm like, ah, look at Salesforce. Nobody right. has, no, go build the Salesforce of AR, man. Well, that's the thing. Like, what is a HUD? You know, like a heads up display has been a thing for a long time. And in certain situations, it's really great. You know, if you, if you need yeah. to monitor a couple of critical inputs while you're working on something in the real world, like that's a good jam. You don't yeah. call it AR. You call it, you know, a HUD on a, on a fighter pilot, on a fighter jet or whatever, but it's cool. 
Or good, I mean, people with disabilities, so on and so forth. It's just like they can't get that consumer marketplace, and that is just breaking everybody wants. That is the the person that you have written so many love letters to, and they just <laughs> won't write back. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to think about, like, really specialized applications of it. But just th- imagining, like, the average person right. always having, yeah. it's really tough. Yeah, it's more like you've been on five or six or seven first dates with different companies, and it just, it's not clicking quite It's not working. Right. Yeah, no, and not. then you went, but and then you, you fell in love when mobile came out. The consumer and you were in love. <laughs> it was magical. They were like... I can't get enough of this every day. Every moment of my life is perfect. I just want to be here. And you're like, oh, well, what about I gave you that, but I put it on your head. (laughs) And they're like, absolutely no freaking way. Get the hell out of my house. We're done. And it just, you can just see like Sergey Brin just going like, I don't understand. I don't, I thought we were friends. Well, when you're, when you're Sergey Brin, you wear those glasses and nobody tells you that you don't look cool, right? Everyone's like, wow, Sergey, those glasses look. Does he not have any teenage children? He probably just doesn't have any teenage children. Because they tell you. He might, but, but you know, there he has a, each one gets an island. And yeah. so it's just. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you they don't really see each other. <laughs> you don't speak to your mother that way. You go to your island. <laughs> but I do think, I don't know, have you guys ever had this experience? Like year after year after year, all the way after Google Glass, often I'll be walking down the street or in a moment, I'm like, damn, I wish I could just, because I wear glasses, I could just tell my glasses to take a picture right now because I want that picture and I don't have a camera on me or I don't want to like show a camera. Like that one feature, the hands-free... Creeping. Yes. Yeah. Well, but no, I'm not... Okay, fine. Yeah, that but, is kind of... Yeah, that is kind of... No, no, that is cre- creeping. That I was thinking more said. about like a perfect, you know, shot of a bird, but fine, <laughs> fine. I know, I'm with you. I mean, we will actually find out, just like we found out that it's sort of like there were no aliens and cops could be abusive. Um, we learned that when all of a sudden a cell phone sh- started to get cameras. We're going to learn terrible things when everyone yeah, can take pictures all the time. That's the thing. Like, you think of this beautiful invention with this amazing application to change the world, and no, no. People are just using it for nefarious reasons. Right. Look, we know that now. Like, you know, I, we didn't, we just didn't know it before. And I, history won't believe that. History right. will just be like, Look what? at these idiots. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, <laughs> what were you uh, thinking? The development of this, of this critical technology that takes you to the next stage of civilization was delayed by a Robert Scoble shower selfie and the one dude Ooh. who walked into a bathroom in Austin, Texas during South <laughs> by Southwest with his Google Glass on. Oh, no. Can you Those imagine? two guys ruined it for the uh. rest of us. The Google PR moment when that shower scene comes out and they're just like, oh, 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 oh. Wait, I missed oh. this one. I missed this one. Wait. Oh, no, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah, don't Sarah. Should I be thankful? Look away. Look away. Look away. Even in you, I know you enjoy a good, ironic, terrible situation. You, you don't. <laughs> Nobody needs to see the scobalizer in the shower. Mm. Did you know global threats against business endpoints surged 13% last year? You need to protect yourself, and Malwarebytes can help. It's modern cybersecurity that eliminates online threats, which traditional security software often misses. Get with the times. Get Malwarebytes for business. Learn more at Malwarebytes.com. That's Malwarebytes.com. Some big anniversaries uh, coming up. 25 years of JavaScript. Who 
knew we'd be doing it for 25 years. I like the yeah. more time that goes Why on. Why did JavaScript go to college and get a philosophy degree? <laughs> <laughs> now it can't. Say? Now it's trying to break into banking. It's really bad. I feel it's so living sorry at for home JavaScript because of coronavirus. It's really got a beautiful convertible and uh, working on his. Yeah. Oh, poor JavaScript. Third, the more third time spouse. that goes on, the more like the story of Brendan Ike just like being in his basement building JavaScript over a couple days evolves until it sounds like it was like a crazy, you know, caffeine filled rant that JavaScript was born. And then it changed the web and then everyone else iterated. Well, you tell a story so many billions of times that it just starts to evolve for efficiency, yeah. right? Like you just, just got to get that out there. Happy coming birthday, JavaScript. Happy coming birthday, Node. Uh, look, yeah. I mean, no, Node blew up our world. If anyone had told us years ago that JavaScript would be the server programming language of choice for vast <laughs> numbers of web apps, I think we were, because it was going to be Java. Like yeah. we were just yeah. like, oh yeah. Java and the JVM, they run everywhere. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some Python over here, a little Django, a little Rails. And then, kabam, we all got just sideswiped. It's intense. So Crazy town. And I actually forgot to say this up top, but we just this week released the results of our, depending on who you count it, 10th annual Stack Overflow developer survey. And JavaScript is still there in the top 10 most beloved languages. It's only getting more support from the big vendors. I mean, I think Apple is still like, yeah, no, we're Swift, come on. But <laughs> Microsoft increasingly doesn't care. Like VS Code and, and all that stuff. It's just here, go to town, have a good time. You know, ever since we, we talked to Brian last week from Begin, I keep thinking about JavaScript callbacks, right? So Dino has this new way of addressing callbacks where there's a read function so you don't so all that stuff is abstracted out you don't have to see that async work that's happening in the background and there's some part of the like artist inside me that is like you know the the exciting thing about javascript when it was first out was the async nature where you didn't have to sit there and watch a web page load for 10 minutes right? (laughs) right and taking that away from javascript it just feels if there's a little bit of heartbreak to that i feel like but that was the well, best part of Boo.com was waiting 10 minutes for it to load. Be mindful. They didn't take away the asynchronous abilities of the language. Yeah, no, no. And, and that's true. Like, it's still there. It's still under that. But when you're writing it, you don't get to see that. And that makes me sad. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. Except, boy, callback style is painful I mean, yes, yeah, it's a huge pain like, in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I, it is like my least favorite thing because here's here's the thing that i find about javascript that is just brutal which is hey you're a new programmer computers do things and if then statements and they take you know they're like little robots that help you cool okay everything's happening at once everything you have no (laughs) idea i know that thing came before the other thing but actually it added the two numbers up after it did the other at number oh no no i'm no you thought no (laughs) i mean and it's just Everything's running backwards in your brain is very hard to make that mental model. And then the same functions over in Python are like if web page dot loaded, you know, you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, print stuff. But that's true. And in that case, it's like a little more okay if it's blocking and, and things like that. So it is like it's tough. It's hard to see the things that you work so hard to learn turned into something that any chatterhead can come away come along and implement and it is it does break your heart you're like i put all that energy sarah 
all those years of being uh, on really the shoulders good. of giants, on the shoulders of giants, we all no, just <laughs> all on, on your no, your value in the labor market. Yeah. <laughs> just oh no, yeah, you're less, you're less value. Oh, yeah. callbacks, that's very exciting, Grandma. Yeah, it's a right. real engineering manager attitude as well, right? Because like I'm not the one writing the code, so like I get to oh, be yeah. like, oh my weekend project, I miss, I miss callbacks. It's really sad. Like, well, see, you know, like they don't understand what's going on under the hood. That's what's really valuable. And it's, no, <laughs> I mean, the irony is, you know, stack. I mean, it's just like that's it's the opposite of that. It's like let's just get this thing done. Let's just make the pain go away. I will say two things to to add to this from my side. JavaScript is the only language that makes it into like the top section for most loved and most dreaded. Everything else is different. JavaScript is the only one. So it's kind of like the presidential candidate, right? It gets like 53% voted for and 47% voted against. You know, I think it's really hard to start a project compared to something in a nice big, like Xcode or, or in the Android development environment. You open up that app and it's like, ready, what do you want to build? And it gives you pictures. And you <laughs> click this, like, I want to build an app. Click. Yeah, yeah. And whereas JavaScript, it's just like, who am I? <laughs> Where shall I start? Right. The blank page of the novel is a real killer. But also interesting that TypeScript now is the number two most loved language moved up over Python. Mm. And that obviously is, you know, it's a different way to do that same kind of stuff. So we've seen that be probably the biggest, one of the biggest trends of the year. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. It's a reaction to JavaScript's messiness. Like it actually, it starts to solve some of those issues. Right. Like how right. do I start? What do I do? Yeah, I don't like it. I really like JavaScript issues. issues. It's like my favorite part of JavaScript. So oh, really? sad. Yeah. yeah. So Sarah, Node.js 11th anniversary, where is it at? Is it like something that's changing a lot still in real time? Is it something that's pretty stable? Is it something that has good governance? Like where's Node.js at? Good question. We're actually going to have Robin Ginn on next week, who's the executive director of the OpenJS Foundation, which is the foundation that sponsors Node.js. And there's still a lot of activity on Node, you know, and it's it's not huge changes, right? But there's a lot of uh, open source work being done on Node. There's a lot of people sending pull requests, making improvements, suggesting new things. So it's it's a really healthy, thriving ecosystem. I've had the privilege to see a lot of it in the governance part in action. The OpenJS Foundation has a lot of open meetings that I've been going to. And, you know, seeing a foundation that has so many projects that it sponsors, it's wild how far the open source governance model has come because there's a lot of infrastructure around these things now to make sure people can be successful, which is really neat. You know, in a in a sort of broad way, you just don't see as many fights as you used to. It used to be like open source was just warfare circulating up to blogs. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's just really seems like, neat. Pe- yeah, there's still drama, but nowhere near. Like there's like four really good pieces of open source drama a year. And there used to be like four a week. Just constant. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was endless. People were just fighting over everything. So it feels like maybe the governance is helping. There's certainly more open code than ever, ever, right. ever. I mean, maybe that's also like you guys were saying before, you know, like kind of a turning of the wheel where like it used to be all about the hot goss and who was fighting who on the blogs and who had the best blog role. And now it's all about love and community and dev dot two. Yeah, I was thinking like the last night I was thinking about this because it feels like it's such a mature world full of people that want to improve the world now. And it, like 
15 years ago, it was just like Stallman eating stuff out of his toes and everyone yelling <laughs> at each other on the internet. Mm-hmm. And like, it was really just like such a different world. And now it's um, a real opportunity for anyone that wants to get involved to right. improve lots of things about their career. I mean, yeah, like it was kind of a closed off world in a much, it was a much more closed off world before the web, right? Like it was harder to become an engineer. You had to have like when you read back and you're like, why did Bill Gates do so well? And you're like, oh, his parents were professors at this place and he got to work on machines when nobody was working on machines. And it's even true for Joel. Like his parents were professors at the University of New Mexico and he got mainframe time and punch guard time and all this time. And so he got good at it. Like it was like you had to get lucky and have access to a machine. And then the 90s and the web and, you know, Dell came around and it was like all these people can jump in the pool. But it got pretty it was a pretty riotous party for a while. No, that's real. I mean, a lot of the uh, many of the early stories of computing, superstar engineer, genius billionaires start right. with, and it happened that I had access to a one point five million dollar machine whenever right. I needed I, it. I got the ten thousand hours, the the Gladwell ten thousand hours by luck from between the ages of fifteen and eighteen or whatever. Yeah, you, you're just, it's just not as pain. I think you know. I think like there's lots of drama when things get kicked off, and everybody wants to kind of own the future but something like node at 11 years old you're just you can come in and say this is all wrong you should do it in this way and they're going to go well we can't do that it'll break everything and then you're going to go away and you're Mm -hmm. going to make your own language or whatever but earlier stage things i think there's still plenty of drama but nobody's paying attention to them what doesn't feel like stallman would just swoop in and kind of blow up his own world over and over (laughs) those those behaviors just aren't I, people get tired. I think everyone started like, you know, either having kids or getting mortgages and they're like, I, I can't I think that's do right. This. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely right. But, you know, you write half of your 20, you, you start to write like your 20 page email response and you get like two paragraphs in and you go, <laughs> oh God, I just, I, I got to get up tomorrow. Like I need to go for my bike ride. And and then. And there became uh, a lot of money involved too. Like I, I think that kind of changes the ecosystem a bunch. When you see things like, NPM and platforms like GitHub getting serious funding and there's a lot of open source work involved, it really starts to change the dynamic where it's no longer, we're doing this for the pride of our project, but you know we have to have infrastructure and legal infrastructure around this because of you know how much money is flowing through this project. Arguably, Microsoft is now the single largest funder and supporter of open source, open source. in the world. Yeah. Wild. And, and what you're, you're not looking at a company that deep down wants to create a new techno order and destroy capitalism. Like no. It's just, and, and in fact, you could argue that they're kind of on the side of capitalism overall <laughs> with their being Microsoft and all. So it's just, I mean, that that's the strangest co-optation. Like, actually, when you think about history being written, you know, it, it's... I think about this era, I think, like, the history... What is the page on 2020? It's a lot of really awkward graphs that don't show a lot. And, like, you know, Microsoft sort of co-opting open source and just just weirdness like that it's yeah. just growing up and yeah it's gonna be fun to fun to go back and read the history books on that right it's like one of those epical changes that you have to watch in real time because it's hard to say exactly what's happening in 20 years it'll be clear oh they made this turn and then things went this way and we all embrace the open source whatever if we survive if we yes. survive yeah if we survive Thanks, y'all, for bringing so many great topics this week. It was a hot topic episode, and I loved it. I'm going to read a lifeboat, and then we'll say our goodbyes. Great. Hooray! Oh, man, there's so many good ones to choose from. I will go with awarded yesterday to Prana Lee in Java, why string is non-primitive data type. Hmm. There you go. It's a classic. Mm -hmm. Classic. 
So thanks, Pranali, for the answer awarded yesterday. A lifeboat badge for helping get a question answered and saving it from the dustbin of history. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. And I'm Sarah Chips. You can find me at Sarah J. Chips on Twitter.com, and I'm the Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. And I'm Paul Ford, friend of coders everywhere and to Stack Overflow. And you can find me at F-Train on Twitter or at postlight.com. That's my company. 